Hello, welcome to a very special Saturday episode. This is probably, I think, only the second or third time that I've done this in the two and a half years that I've been doing this podcast, but I apologize for no Friday episode, so I figured I would talk to you all today. Again, I have a full preview for um, this evening's game against Arizona. Big game for the Penguins. Obviously, the Metropolitan Division is very tight. I'm going to get to that coming out after this drop, and we're also going to have a full deadline primers. The deadline is now two days away. Going to go into Josh Yoey's article as well and get some thoughts on you know what he's been hearing and a whole lot more. So stick around for that right after this drop. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to a very special Saturday episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You're going to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Again, apologize for an episode on Friday. I'm not going to go full full weekend without talking to you all. So I figured I would have an episode today uh, before the game against Arizona. Going to have it up a few hours before so you all can go in and listen to it and all that jazz. So, and of course, you know, we're going to have the trade deadline. Primer. So start out, I am going to preview the game against the Coyotes. You know, this is, you know, you can ignore the record a little bit when you look at Arizona. Yes, I understand they are one of the worst teams in the league, but, you know, they have also been playing some really good hockey um, as of late. I mean, they just put up six on the Canadians. They just put up five. They scored 11 goals in their last two games. They almost beat Boston last Saturday. They beat Toronto uh, on March 10th, five to four. I mean, they have scored five or more goals in three of their last four games. Hell, actually, going way back, they have scored five plus goals in five of their last six games. This is one of the hottest teams in the league right now. And actually, um, they they have won five of their last six. So you can you can ignore the record. And they've beaten some really good teams. Throughout that time, you know, I mean, the Red Wings, I know they're not as as good as they were earlier in the year, but, you know, they're ahead of them in the standings, at least. Ottawa, they crushed. They beat Toronto. They almost beat Boston. I know they beat Montreal. They, they, they beat Colorado even on March 3rd. You know, they almost beat Winnipeg. They beat Vegas on February 25th. They almost beat Los Angeles going back um, towards late February. You know, this has been one of the hottest teams in the league for the last two and a half to three weeks. So this is, I think, going to be a tougher game than some people you know, may anticipate today. Um, I know their underlying numbers are not that good, but Clayton Keller is averaging a point per game this year. He's their top left winger, their best player. I also think, you know, Nick Schmaltz, um, he's awesome. He's also on the top line. Um, Alex Galchenyuk, former Penguin, Phil Kessel, former Penguin. They are on the uh, second line uh, with, I believe that's Riley Nash. Uh, I, I almost forgot that Riley Nash is in Arizona. So, um, you know, Nick Ritchie on the third line, Louis Erickson's down there. Um, Fisher on the fourth line, uh, Krause, Lawson Krause. Um, defensively, Shane Gossespierre, former Philadelphia Flyer, Anton Strawman, and then there are a bunch of defensemen here that I just have never heard of. Um, Carol v- v- Vigmelka is probably going to start today. Scott Wedgwood is the backup, but I'm sure um, you know Vigmelka is going to start. He he played pretty well in that first matchup, and you know in that first game when the Penguins did play Arizona, you know that was a really close game. Um, for 
uh, going into the third period. Remember, the Penguins and Coyotes, they was tied two to two. I think actually at times it was two to one Arizona. Um, I think even they may have were up three to two in the third period, and then the Penguins just blitzed them um, right after that. Nick Schmaltz was really good in that game, had two of their goals. Clayton Keller um, had the other goal. You know, those, those are the two main players that the Penguins have to look out for today. Obviously, Keller, you know, he's averaging a point per game, as I said. Schmaltz has been really good. I mean, you know, the guy had a freaking seven-point game just a couple of weeks ago, and that is something that is very rare in the NHL. Hell, I don't even remember the last time Cindy Crosby uh, did something like that. You know, he's obviously one of the best players of all time. You know, when a player, you know, especially on a team like, you know, the, the Yotes gets seven points in one game, um, you know, you're, you're doing something right. And I believe that was the game that came against, um, if I can find that here, I believe that was the game against Detroit on March 8th. Uh, no, it was not that one. It was the, I'm going to, I'm going to find, I'm going to find it here. Um, pretty pretty soon i i just i i know it was oh I, man ah oh, I, I, it was very very recently i don't know why that just totally abandoned me there but you know what whatever you know they've you know this is a team that's playing a lot better than their record is right now um and you know good good for them you know their, their fans deserve something i mean at least, at least good during this season you know they're probably gonna have to play at arizona state next year which is um, just hilarious and sad at the same time, because for some reason, um, you know, I mean, you know, Gary Batman loves, um, the coyotes, um, I guess, but you know, overall, you know, if you look at expected goals and all the underlying numbers, 42% of those 45% of the actual goals minus 26 goal differential, they only have uh, 44% um, of the shot attempts, even strength. That is also, um, not good at all going to some of the more underlying numbers, um, goals for per 62.44. They're also goals against right around three. So definitely in the negative there. Expected goals though per 60, um, 1.98. So um, that's definitely not lining up to what we've been seeing for the last couple of weeks because they have just been um, way overdoing their expected goals. They, again, they've scored five plus goals in five of their last six games. Um, but normally this is a team that, you know, struggles for offense. Um, I, I will be curious to see of how the Penguins start in this game. You know, they're, the Coyote State percentage, overall State percentage is share 5 5 9 10 So that's you know, close to league average. Um, you know, they, they've gotten decent goaltending from that rookie, Jamalka, and, and he played well against the Penguins in that first game before they really got to him um, in the third period. So I'm curious to see, you know, especially how the Penguins, again, how the Penguins start. You know, that's going to be, I think, the big indicator for me because they're coming off the stretch, right? Nine games in a row against likely playoff, most likely playoff teams. The Columbus is obviously the one that's not going to get in. All the other ones are playoff teams. Six and two and one. Last um, last seven against total full-on playoff teams, four and two and one. So, and the Penguins played really, really well during that stretch. You know, had 55% of the scoring chances, around 53% of the shot attempts for, um, around 53, 54% of the high danger chances for, 54% of the expected goals. Um, all very good numbers against some of the best teams in the league. You know, the only team that really carried the play against them was Carolina. I thought the Penguins dominated a lot of the other teams that they played against. Um, now, in this one, they finally get a team that's not that good, even though they're playing better. How do they start? How, what's the vibe check going to be for this game? You know, I think that's going to be very important because obviously, you know, it is hard, I think, to wake up for game 63 out of 82 on a Saturday afternoon slash evening against one of the worst teams in the league. I know you're in a playoff race, but, you know, they're coming off some really massive games. You know, 
are they going to really bring their 100% effort against a team like Arizona who, you know, they're not going anywhere and there's probably going to be a little bit of a sell off for them, um, you know, by Monday. So um, that's, I think going to be really curious um, for me, you know, Penguins just got to get shot, shots on goal. Like they did against Arizona that last matchup, you know, they got six past edge Milka. So that's obviously very good. Um, you know, I thought they mainly dominated play um, in that game, but you know, Arizona, they have some good uh, team speed, um, you know, Keller's, you know, a handful to get the puck off of. Schmaltz is also, again, very underrated. Um, you know, they, they have a couple pretty good pl- uh, core players that, you know, they can build around. It's just that, you know, around them, there's there's really not that much. Um, and, you know, they also, I think, need a number one defenseman at this point. I mean, Shane Gostisbehere is, is not going to be that guy. Um, that's for sure. So definitely excited for this one, 5 p.m. start time. And then the Penguins will be off until after the deadline. They will play Buffalo and Columbus um, after the deadline. I believe the Columbus game is first at home. Then they go to Buffalo, and then they have the Rangers um, next Friday. So that's going to be um, pr- pretty interesting there, to say the least. But again, you know, curious to see how this game goes. Um, you know, the Arizona special teams are not good. The Penguins should have the edge there. Um, as for who starts today. There's Mike Sullivan has not made an announcement. I'm sure that's going to come after I record this. Would not be surprised if it's Casey DeSmith. Um, I'll say that, you know, bad team. I know Arizona's been scoring a lot though, but, you know, I thought DeSmith wasn't too bad in Nashville. I could see Sullivan maybe going back to him and saying, hey, you know, let's see what you can do here in the game before the deadline. But also, you know, wouldn't be surprised if they do go to Tristan. That's for sure. Um, that wraps up this preview segment for the game against Arizona coming up in the next segment. And we're going to have a full deadline primer and go into what my prime targets are, um, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, before we get to that though, this is the time of year that I pretty much given up on all of my new year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to a resolution to eat right. Thanks to Bill Bart. Almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you are missing out on one of Bill Bart's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They are marshmallow. They are not just a protein bar. They are a treat. And they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. They are all so good. All Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. You can go to Bilt.com right now and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away by everything that you see. Most of them contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. At Bill Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. You can go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. You want to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Okay. I was definitely right about, you know, it was either that game against Detroit or Ottawa because I, I my mistake, of course, because I was on the Ottawa um, page on when I was looking at the NHL. Yeah. Schmaltz had seven points in that game, March, Saturday, March 5th. So two weeks ago, um, uh, obviously again, he's a player that the Penguins will have to watch out for today for sure. Anyways, getting into a full deadline primer. We are now officially two days away from the trade deadline, almost a full 48 hours. I know Juan Hextall has not made a move yet. Um, he's probably, you know, waiting to see what the prices go down. I mean, Brandon Hagel got traded yesterday. He was a player that I talked about on this podcast a lot um, for the last week or two. Two first-round picks and two pretty good bottom six players went back to Chicago. 
Um, you know, I know I saw some weird takes on Twitter saying, well, why didn't the Penguins pay that price and all this other weird nonsense? And it's like they're willing to give up two consecutive first round picks and maybe like a, I don't know, Zach Allison Reese and Drew O'Connor or Drew O'Connor and Redeem Zahorna. I'm probably not giving up that for a player that's shooting 22% this year. Um, what is this player going to look like? Obviously, that's Hagel when he's not shooting 22% next year and he scores 10 to 12 goals. I mean, not going to be playing like this. Uh, that's for sure. So great haul by Chicago. I understand why Tampa Bay did it, obviously. I mean, they're all in. They're going for three in a row. And I'm sure Florida is probably going to go get Claude Giroux from Philadelphia. So, um, you know, I'm not really upset that Ron passed on that. It is a seller's market right now. Um, at, the, at, at the end of the day, you know, they're just, they're, they're asking for everything. Uh, so anyways, going back to the players that, you know, I also be very comfortable with the penguins acquiring. Um, I, um, I've already said Connor Garland, he would make so much sense for Mike Sullivan's system. Great defensively, great offensively has a really nice shot. Um, if you can get him in swap, the defenseman, probably not John Marino. I think that's probably great. Um, you know, Brock Besser, Good in theory, but you know, are, are you going to pay his seven point five million uh, qualifying offer next year? <clears throat> Probably not, um, right? Um, you know, there was a player that I have seen been getting a lot more interest lately, Tyler Bertuzzi of Detroit, and I understand that he is not vaccinated against COVID nineteen. Um, though I will say this: um, the Penguins probably will not have to worry about that come playoff time, unless they get to the final and they play the Calgary Flames, but. You know, that would be a bridge they would have to cross to when it comes to it. But at the end of the day, the Penguins, in their division, they will not have to go through any um, Canadian teams. Of course, that's if they're in the Metro bracket, you know, with how Washington's playing lately. Who knows if the Penguins slide down a little bit. Um, but, you know, in the Atlantic, there's only Toronto. And Toronto, probably not going to get out of the first round. I don't think they're going to get to the conference final. That's for sure. I think Florida, Tampa Bay, and, and Boston's just lighting up the league as well. Um, it's just going to be very tough, I think, for the Leafs to go on a massive playoff run here and really put it all together. Um, so the Penguins, they, again, they wouldn't have to worry about that unless they, you know, they win three rounds. So that's the only thing I that I guess definitely gives me some pause. But you know, he makes a lot of sense for many reasons. You know, his cap hit is really um, not that big, if I recall correctly. It's um, if I can find that here, um, I'm, I'm going to find that actually, as I'm, I'm going to keep talking to you all, um, you know, he brings that sandpaper element that I'm sure Brian Burke and Ron Hextall love, you know, especially Burke, the truculence, as likes to call him, you know, great goal scorer, great playmaker, um, seeing him next to Evgeny Malkin and maybe Denton Hine or something like that, uh, or Jason Zucker, whenever he comes back, you know, that would just be a lot of sense. Um, and he has term on his contract. So actually 4.7 million. So the Penguins, it's dollar in, dollar out. They would have to give to get and give up a player or two to get Bertuzzi. Um, the Red Wings are supposedly open for business. They are not going to make the playoffs this year. I'm sure they're going to do a little bit of a sell-off uh, by, by Monday's deadline. This is a player that I would definitely look at for the Penguins, regardless if he is vaccinated against COVID-19 or not. I know he's one of two players to not be vaccinated, but um, you know, I could definitely see this him running wild in the Penguins. If you look at Jay Fresh's stuff here on my phone, 93% wins above replacement. Uh, 90, he's in the 90th percentile for even strength offense, 89th percentile um, for finishing ability. He has two years left on his contract. So um, this just this makes too much sense 
um, at least for me. I, I don't know if the Penguins would be in on them. I'm sure Detroit is going to ask for a lot. You know, maybe it's similar to the Mantha for, for Verona thing we saw last year. But, you know, this is definitely a player that, you know, I would love to get for Pittsburgh. Ricard Raquel, rental-wise, I would be down to get him, but I'm not giving up a first for him. I, I'm open to give up the first. Don't get me wrong. You know, they, they should, and, and they, they should give it up. But for Raquel, a player that's just been really banged up and he's not been the same this year compared, you know, to a couple years ago, you know, I'm just, I'm hesitant to give up a lot, you know, for that kind of player. You know, would he make sense? Yes, but, you know, I'm also not really sure, um, you know, what the Ducks are going to want in return for him. You know, I would maybe do a second and a prospect for him or something like that. I'm probably not going to do um, a first for him. Just just because, I mean, you know, decent at creating offense, but, you know, how he's played this year, um, I'm just, you know, I'm not really, um, I guess, open to it as some others are. But here's an option that I know has not been discussed a lot. Jordan Eberle of Seattle. You know, I know that's a name that's, you know, I guess, you know, not not, not a good name in Penguins, uh, Penguins land here, but he does make sense. Um, good goal scorer, has haunted the Penguins many times throughout the years. Right shot, so you can put him on Evgeny Malkin's right wing. That's his strong side. Put, you know, a Gensel Crosby, Russ Top line with a Zucker, Malkin, Eberly second line. And then you can shove some other wingers down. You can have Carter and Rodriguez on the third line with Heinen, Aston Reese, McGinn, um, and Bluger. Then, you know, Kapanen is right there as well, you know, or he, you know, he gets sent out in a separate deal. That would make a lot of freaking sense. Um, I'm not really sure if Seattle is open to moving Everly. Um, I know they're open for business, but I'm just, I'm not really sure um, if they, are open to moving him. He's in the 82nd percentile for wins of a replacement, 92nd percentile for even strength offense. I know he makes five and a half million for the next three years. So, you know, maybe Seattle would retain half his salary. Maybe the Penguins are moving out some salary in another deal. Um, they could make it work. And he's definitely a player that, you know, I, I would like to go after. Dominic Kubelik, he's an RFA from Chicago. I'm sure the Blackhawks would ask a lot for him, but, you know, he also makes some sense looking at Jay Fresh's stuff right here. 77th percentile for wins above replacement, 84th percentile for um, finishing ability, 3.7 million for the rest of this year. Kapanen makes 3.5. Uh, there's hopefully a match right there. Maybe you're giving up your first or something for, you know, an RFA. Um, and, you know, who knows? Maybe you can re-sign Kubelik. So he's also a player that I really like um, for the Penguins if they want to go out and get a tr- uh, um, get get a scoring winger. Um, you know, I saw some talk, Paul Stastny from Winnipeg, if they want to be open for business there. Um, I, I think he makes sense in a way. Um, he only makes $3.8 million for the rest of this year. That's a rental option. I know the Penguins would prefer to get players with term. Um, you know, Alexander Radulov I saw was thrown out there by a couple people. Probably not make $6.3 million. I don't see a way how the Penguins are able to get him there. Um, Gustav Nyquist, if the Penguins and Blue Jackets want to hook up for a trade, that also makes, um, you know, a lot of sense to say the least. So there are no shortage of really good options out there for the Penguins, as I just named. But, you know, it's it, you know we're in the crunch time now. You know, we're going to have to see if Ron Hextall really wants to make a deal. I'm going to have more on that, you know, coming up in this next segment here as I, you know, as I go into – uh, Josh Yowie's article a little bit, but before I do that, it's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player prompts, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. 
And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action that is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, I'm back here on this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So yesterday, Josh Yelley did a new, basically a new, um, what he's hearing about the Penguins trade deadline plans. And apparently in the first thing that he said, um, he actually confirmed a couple people from, from the National Hockey Now's um, report. And I'll, I'll say right here, you know, I apologize. I, you know, usually their track record is not great. Um, you know, maybe I'll have to be a little more careful moving forward. But, you know, when someone like Josh, you know, is reporting the same thing and I trust him a hell of a lot more for sure um, than I do some of uh, some of the other people, um, you know, I definitely think, you know, it's more true for sure. If I can get this stupid hair off my thing, on my back of my neck here. Um, I definitely think that, you know, okay. What, what, what I'm trying to say is, you know, I trust Josh a lot more than I do these other guys. So if the Penguins were in on him, um, you know, it, it definitely makes um, sense to say the least. Um, though for actually being in on Sherrod, um, I don't think that makes sense. Um no, I, I think I'm just like jumbling my words here. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm tired or something like that. Um, but being in on Sharat to me makes no sense at all. Um, the Penguins already have, you know, basically four defensemen on the left side. That's the thing here. You know, Pe- you know, Dumoulin, Pedersen, Matheson, Friedman is a righty but plays on the left. They also already have seven capable defensemen up there. P.O. Joseph is on Wilkesbury. He's in inch already. Yusa Regal is also down there. He's NHL ready too. You have nine capable defensemen. Why are you going out and getting a 10th in Ben Sherratt or trying to when there was no, there's just no reason to go out and acquire him. And, you know, I did read in Josh's article that apparently the Penguins are open to acquiring another defenseman, but I just don't see that. need. I mean, I, they have seven very capable defensemen right now. And as I just said, two great ones down Wilkesbury that can play if needed. I don't see a need to waste assets for the sake of wasting assets so you can go out and get, you know, truculence or toughness from, you know, Robert Hag, as Josh Yoey puts in his article. And, you know, Hag is pretty bad. You know, to quote, um, you know, one of my very good buddies from Penguins Twitter, um, Jason J underscore A155, um, Hag is not a good player. I know he only makes $1.6 million against the cap, but, you know, this is basically just, you know, it's a repeat of Jim Rutherford bringing in Jack Johnson because he knows him and, and some stuff. And yes, Jason, I just copied your tweet onto this podcast. Just think it's like a copy paste, whatever. Um, but his projected wins of rubber placement is 13%. Even strike offense, he's in the 43rd percentile. Even strike defense, 27th percentile. The only thing he's decently good at is finishing. But I mean, there's better Penguin defensemen, you know, on the roster right now that are that are much better finishers. So. Um, I, I don't see a need to go out and get a player like that. If you want to go out and get a defenseman and target someone on Buffalo, go get Mark Pizik. I mean, he, he actually is good both offensively and defensively. I, I just, I don't see the need to go out and get someone like Robert. Hyde. I mean, it's just, it makes no sense to me. And also, you know, in a perfect world, uh, I, I would not be going out, um, and getting a defenseman overall. Josh did say, you know, they are looking for a right wing who believe would be a nice fit with Evgeny Malkin, um, 
if I can also scroll down here a little bit here, he says they are also very much looking to make a deal. Ron Hextall is aware of the reputation that follows in that he's often not willing to make a move. So it sounds like he wants to prove a lot of his doubters wrong. He wants to make a trade. He wants to, you know, reward the team with, you know, going all in just because of how good they've been this year. Um, he, as Josh says, you know, he's eager to make a trade and is perhaps willing to move more of the future away than many believed earlier in the year. So that's definitely, I think, means first round pick in this year's draft, couple of our top prospects. We have to see what Ron wants to do. Um, Josh really did not give any other trade targets in that article outside of Robert Hag uh, for a defenseman, but, you know, I, I just outlined my deadline primer in the previous segment for you all. So, you know, this is going to be a very interesting next couple of days for the Penguins. We'll see what Ron decides to do. Does he stand pat? Does he not like the prices? Or does he go all in for a forward and give up a whole lot to get one? You know, maybe it's one of the forwards that, you know, I touched on, you know, for this episode. So that'll do it for this one. Um, On Monday, I believe I'm going to be going live at 3 p.m. Eastern time um, for the YouTube channel. Um, it's going to be a regular podcast episode though. So that it's going to go up right after, um, I'm done being live. I'm just going to download the recordings and everything like that and just post it on, um, Apple and Spotify. So if you all want to come and, you know, and mark it on your calendars, 3 PM Eastern time, right when the deadline hits, um, I will be live, I believe on the YouTube channel to, you know, break down any move that the penguins make also do, you know, maybe a little bit of a recap episode for the game against Arizona, you know, just be there. You can, you can have fun in the chat. We can all just you know, BS and stuff like that. So be the first time uh, doing that at least, but you know, I'm definitely excited, um, you know, to say the least there, but that'll do it for this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And I will be back with you all on Monday for a fresh new set of episodes next week.